a stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Into law, promising it was just step one of two today, the second step, the the uh, 1.75, almost $2 trillion Build Back Better plan was passed by the House, 220 to 213. Only one Democrat, Representative Jared Golden uh, from a conservative district in Maine, voted against the bill. All the Republicans voted against. But now it's time to dig in. What are the political ramifications? What goes beyond the headlines? Let's begin. Think you know the news of the day? Think again. Well, as we mentioned, uh, the president did sign the infrastructure bill into law earlier this week. That was uh, clearly a win for President Biden and his agenda. Now he's moving on to step two, which is the infrastructure bill. And this was not without a, a lot of turmoil just in the House. Remember, this is uh, not finished or across the finish line yet and will still likely change uh, as it uh, works its way across the Capitol building over to the Senate side where it will be up for debate and amendments and so on, and uh, that will take place. We'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, There was a delay, uh, two delays yesterday, actually. The Congressional Budget Office was a little slow in scoring the bill. And what I mean by scoring, uh, the Congressional Budget Office looks at things and says, well, you know, this will cost this much. Maybe you underestimated that. Maybe you overestimated it. They just check the math. Show your work is kind of what the CBO is always looking for. And they did come out and say, well... It's not quite all paid for. Uh, The White House disputes that, of course, and says uh, they believe it will bring in more revenue because the IRS will be able to uh, have stricter enforcement uh, and uh, ability to collect more funds. That way, the Congressional Budget Office says, no, I don't think you're going to get quite that much. So that's up for debate. We'll see how that goes. It it rarely goes the way you think it goes uh, in the end. Uh, So there will be some some cost to that for sure. But the other delay... uh, started uh, with a procedural move uh, by the minority leader in the House of Representatives, Kevin McCarthy, uh, where, again, the uh, Speaker of the House and the minority leader always have the ability to speak uh, for unlimited amounts of time. In the, in the House, they usually get very small increments of time to members. You get a minute here, three minutes there. Uh, the Speaker and the minority leader, regardless of party, uh, have sort of a free pass to talk for as long as they like. And the minority leader, Kevin McCarthy, chose to use that whole pass, and he spoke for eight hours and 32 minutes. <laughs> so uh, it was very long, uh, and uh, we're going to play just a little bit of that. A lot of it was uh, very partisan rhetoric, uh, but he, he started by really going through the bill and saying, look, this is not good for the average American. This is not good for taxpayers. Here's the way he described it. Every page of all this new Washington spending will be paid for are borrowed from you, the American hardworking taxpayer. Every page of this new Washington spending supports more waste, more fraud, more abuse, 
and more corruption. And every page of this new Washington spending shows just how irresponsible and out of touch the Democrats are to the challenges that America faces today. This is the single most reckless and irresponsible spending bill in our nation's history. Uh, Leader McCarthy went on to uh, poke fun at some of the Democrats who were longing to get out of town. We've often said that uh, things get done in Washington when the smell of jet fumes from Reagan International Airport is juicing up. And, of course, a lot of members of Congress, both Democrats and Republicans, are trying to get out of town for their uh, full-on week. (laughs) Most of us just get Thanksgiving and Friday off. Uh, Congress gets a whole 10 days off. Uh, so they were all looking to get out. And uh, so Leader McCarthy went after some of the Democrats who were frustrated that they had to wait and catch a different plane uh, because his speech was going so long they couldn't actually have the vote. Mr. Speaker, I think I owe an apology because I understand the Democrats have left and they want to recess when I'm done. I don't know if they can get to the airlines this time to change the flights to Puerto Rico later tomorrow for the fundraiser. I'm sorry for that, but this is just too important. And Mr. Speaker, I, I don't know if they think they left. I'm going to stop. I'm not. It's too important. Because, Mr. Speaker, I'm really not talking to them. I'm talking to the American people. So that was a jab at the uh, Democrats. And, of course, this one goes both ways. Uh, we, I watched this. I watched it uh, when I was in Washington. Uh, when there is a recess coming, uh, everyone wants to get out of town, and people get really frustrated if someone says, well, I think we should actually debate this, or I think we should actually have a vote on this, not do it by unanimous consent. Let's force a vote. Uh, and people get pretty annoyed with that. And I'm sure they were very annoyed that uh, Leader McCarthy spoke for well over eight hours. Uh, as he came down the home stretch, though, uh, after breaking the record, uh, so he now holds the record for the longest speech giving on, given on the floor of the House of Representatives. And ironically, ironically, the record that he beat belonged to Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi. Uh, so she had held that record for about a decade of giving the longest uh, floor speech. And so now Leader McCarthy eclipse that and then he did uh, what is customary of course in yielding back the rest of his time this evening showed that no no matter the time the day or the circumstances house republicans will always fight for you fight for your family and fight for our country with that madam speaker i yield back (laughs) i don't know if you can actually yield back if you've been if you've been standing there for well over eight hours, I don't know if you get to yield back. Uh, I do. I do credit uh, Speaker Nancy Pelosi, uh, who also got a little fun jab back at him uh, as she began her remarks as they took the vote uh, on passing the legislation. I thank the gentleman for yielding and for his extraordinary leadership. He and other chairs have brought us to a moment in history on the floor of the House today when we can do something of significance for the people. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Madam Speaker, with confidence in the vision of President Biden and associating myself with the inspiring and informative comments of the distinguished chairman, Mr. Neal, with our distinguished Democratic leader, Mr. Hoyer, the Democratic whip uh, last evening, and with respect for those who work in this Capitol, and as a courtesy 
to my colleagues, I will be brief. <laughs> well, she was brief, and they took the vote, and it passed. Again, only one Democrat voted against the bill. All Republicans voted against the bill. And so now it moves across the building uh, to the Senate side. And that's where we're going to stay with the conversation a little bit longer, because now that it's passed the House, we actually know what is in the bill. And while it might change some when it gets to the Senate, uh, we can actually have a discussion about what it is, what it means. What does it mean to families with young children? What does it mean to the wealthy? What does it mean to the rest of us? Stay with us. We're going to stay with the conversation, find out what's in this bill coming up next. With Lloyd Matheson on KSL News Radio. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office to meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts.